Welcome to Shine Your Light, helping you cultivate healthier boundaries so that your unique light can shine through. This is your host, Megan Woolever, and today we're going to be speaking with author Shelley Rachenow, who comes from a long line of self-proclaimed butt-kicking women. Her first book, If Women Ran the World, Shit Would Get Done, celebrates women and the fabulous things that we do. In that book, Shelley asks, uh, asked a question, what would you do if you ran the world? It really resonated with her thousands of readers, and many sent her letters and emails answering her question by sharing great ideas for making the world a better place. The success of Shelley's first book, which already has received multiple printings and a foreign translation, and the response from her readers really inspired Shelley to write her latest book, What Would You Do If You Ran the World? Everyday Ideas from Women Who Want to Make the World a Better Place. Welcome, Shelley. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We're so happy to have you on the on the um, Shine Your Light show here today. I'm really interested in um, learning more about your book, both of them, both of your books. Thank you. Yeah, they both really just celebrate women and the amazing things that women do, be it for themselves, their loved ones, communities, their jobs, the world. Um, I think women make such an amazing contribution to the world that hasn't always been recognized, whether Mm. it's by ourselves or by other people. So so it's definitely time to, to change that and shine that that female butt-kicking light all <laughs> around the world. What inspired you to write um, these books? Well, you know, I was originally an attorney, and um, that was just one of those, those times in my life where I sort of took this journey down people-pleasing lane, and I was making a lot of choices in my 20s that I thought really were for other people, and I thought what other people wanted for me. And um, I had an experience when I was living in Atlanta where I had a friend who was in his late 20s, who passed away unexpectedly. He actually had a heart condition that he was born with that no one knew about. And um, he went to work one day, and he never made it home. And that was sort of really an eye-opener for me of of really looking at my life and the choices that I made and what wasn't wasn't making me happy. And I thought, you know what? I I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing what I don't want to do. I really want to pursue my real passion, which is writing. And... um, the idea for this book, the first book in particular, If Women Around the World, Shit Would Get Done, was really inspired in so many ways by my mom and the millions of women like her who do so many amazing things for so many people. I have a younger brother who's disabled, and you know, I grew up watching my mom do so many amazing things, from testifying in front of the Maryland State Legislature to just doing everything that she could to, to give my brother the best life possible. And that's always been a huge inspiration to me. And so I wanted to, to do something to honor her and to honor so many women that just do so much for so many people. So it sounds like you've had some really, really powerful female role models in your life. What would you recommend or what would you say to women who don't necessarily have really strong female role models in their life? I would say, you know, there are so many amazing women in the world. You know, who do you hear about in the news or maybe see, you know, even if it's not in your family, maybe in your personal life that you that you really admire? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know many people in the world admire Oprah. Of course, she does many amazing things. But, you know, it might be somebody that you work with or maybe a friend that you had growing up or, or a friend's mom or somebody that, that you've met that just has those, qualities or, or characteristics that really resonate with you. And, and the real truth is, is if we see something in another person that we really admire, the truth is, is that we actually have that, 
quality in ourselves, whether or not we're able to recognize it, because we wouldn't be able to see it otherwise. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you see somebody that that you really admire, just know that you're not much different from that other person, and learn to recognize and cultivate that quality in yourself. Yeah, I really like that. Um, it reminds me of um, relationship as mirror, and how you know people around us really mirror the qualities that are in latent inside of us. And sometimes the qualities that we're seeing in other people are qualities that we don't like. And and oftentimes what gets our goat about other people is is um, the things that we don't really like about ourselves. But I think the converse of that is also really true as well. The things that we really admire and find awesome, you know, that fill us with awe about other people are, are also those sort of, sort of hidden gems inside of ourselves that we can um, cultivate um, so, um, why do you think it is that women don't really re- realize how fully amazing and wonderful and marvelous they are, as Marianne Williamson likes to say? Yeah, you know, I think we have this sort of disease in our society that I like to call not enough itis. I think we tend to focus on like, <laughs> women, especially, like we might do a million things in our day. Um, and then we'll get to the end of the day and we'll lay down, you know, at night to go to sleep. And, you know, we might have done, like I said, a million things. But the thing that we're thinking about is, like, the one thing of, of all the things on our list that we didn't get done. And we're worried and stressed and, you know, maybe even beating ourselves up about, you know, how horrible we are that we didn't get to everything. But we're not even realizing how much we were actually able to do. And I just, I think we really need to shift that and just remember, you know what? Everything I was able to do, whatever, however it happened, was perfect. I'm absolutely doing the best that I can. And, and, you know, tomorrow is another day, as they say. And I think it's just so important to be gentle with ourselves, to be nicer to ourselves. Um, you know, people have really busy lives these days, um, um, which is, you know, certainly something that if they could be less busy, in some cases that would be a really nice, nice change or a nice treat. But... You know, for now, I mean, when we are in, we're in such a busy, busy place, we're in such a busy society, um, just recognize whatever you're able to do is totally enough, and that's okay. Well, we're thank you so much, Shelley. We're going to cut to commercial, and we're going to come back and, and keep talking about um, these wonderful books that you've written. Would um, If women ran the world, shit would get done, and what would you do if you ran the world? So we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Energy Talk Radio. Just by listening, you are a part of our collaboration to rid the world of hunger, thirst, and poverty. Energy Talk Radio produces and broadcasts inspirational shows helping listeners on the road to personal growth to become a part of the global transformation towards a new golden age. Energy Talk Radio is at the forefront of innovation, engaging in a conscious business model of helping people in need by directly supporting charities by donating 30% of their net profit to organizations that help eradicate hunger, educate children, and empower people, ending the cycle of extreme poverty and suffering. We hope you will join us in our endeavor shifting consciousness while making a difference with fun and inspirational talk shows on energytalkradio.com. Welcome back. 
to Shine Your Light. This is your host, Megan Wolliver, and we're talking today with Shelley Rachenow, who has written a couple of wonderful books, really inspiring women. Um, the first book is called If Women Ran the World, Shit Would Get Done. And the second book is called What Would You Do If You Ran the World? And we were just talking a little bit about why it is that women don't really um, recognize how awesome and powerful they they actually are. And Shelley was telling us a little bit about... Um, the way that we get so caught up in um, all the things that we've got to get done and then we sort of fixate on the one thing that we didn't get done, it, you know, for example, in a, in a day with all the different things that we're doing. And it was kind of reminding me, Shelley, of um, I'm in a, I lead a women's group and in my women's group I was talking about um, – how I was holding space and I was, um, I, basically I was saying, you know, I don't really think I have contributed much this week or I, I haven't really um, given anything because we were doing this exercise around the 29 gifts and we were giving everything, give, which is the exercise is to give something away every day for 29 days. And I was saying, well, you know, I don't know, I've been so focused on holding space for my circle and and working on this project and and doing this with my clients and doing this with my, my students. And and so I haven't really been able to give anything away. And my um, my uh, co-facilitator in the group turned to me and she's like, "Well, that just sounds to me like you were giving a whole bunch of stuff away." Exactly, exactly. And isn't it funny that we? It, it's so easy for us not to see it in ourselves. Um, yeah, we're sort of the last. Um, the last person that we think of oftentimes as women when we're, when we're doing, you know, work around, um, around giving or nurturing, right? We think of nurturing ourselves the, the very it, last. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny because in my first book, If Women Around the World Should We Get Them, there are five chapters. There are doing for family, doing for friends, doing for jobs, doing for the world, and doing for ourselves. And doing for ourselves comes last in the book, and I did that consciously on purpose because as women, we all, almost always put ourselves last mm. behind all the other things in our lives when it comes to 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 self care, nurturing, and you know, there's a list that starts that that chapter that's the ten things women intend to do for themselves and the ten things that happen instead, and it's <laughs> it's so reflective of how we can so easily get sidetracked um, by all the other people and places and things in our lives and. So it really is, It by design, was written to give women um, not only space and permission to take time for themselves, but to also recognize that behavior and to maybe um, change that a little bit or at least change their thinking about it. So I'm going um, to read that. I have your book right here in front of me, and I just think this is hilarious. Ten things women intend to do for themselves and the ten things that happen instead. Number one, spend an hour soaking in a luxurious bubble bath. Or spend, but what really happens is you spend two hours drying the bathroom after giving the toddler a bath. (laughs) Number two, you stay up all night. Your intention is to stay up all night watching a marathon of all your favorite movies, but instead you fall asleep five minutes into a movie that only those with Y chromosomes find funny. Number three, You salt the popcorn with that special mix of sea salt and extra oil that only you seem to love. Instead, you mix up several different batches seasoned exactly to everyone's preferences. Number four, you spend Saturday night curled up by the fire reading some cheesy romance book and daydreaming about all sorts of possibilities. But instead, you spend Sunday recovering from the cold you caught while running errands for everyone else during the rain on Saturday. Number five, you get a weekly manicure and pedicure. 
and instead you get weekly migraines. Number six, your intention is to hire a cleaning service to help around the house. But instead, you feel the need to have the house in somewhat respectable order before the cleaners are allowed inside. <laughs> that one sounds familiar. Yes. Number seven, <laughs> you leave work. Your intention is to leave work at 6 p.m. every night to have more time to exercise and go out with friends, hang out with your family, or just sit on the couch and veg. But instead, you let those last-minute, I must stay and finish this or the world will end right now tasks dictate your schedule on a regular basis. Number eight, your you, your intention is to take a so I know I'm a klutz, but what I really want to do is dance class. And instead, you miss more classes than you actually attend because of the latest obligation that comes your way. And number nine, your intention is to volunteer for a cause that's meaningful to you, and instead you sacrifice precious sleep time to fulfill the commitment. And number ten, your intention is to pursue your dreams, but instead you let your obligations to others take precedence over your obligation to yourself. You know, it's really funny. I do workshops, and sometimes I use that um, that list as a quiz to have women in the workshop sort of raise their hand for how many of, of those individual items they've that has happened to them before, and it's so amazing to see how many women have really experienced so many of those in their lives. And each of the items on their list, that list actually came from a real woman that I know that there are sometimes more than one that that has happened to. And so it it just is like a little experiment that I do as I've you know gone around the country and talked to women and just. Well, it's a sort of universal behavior pattern that we have. I have to tell you, Shelley, that my producer here, David, who is not a woman, is raising his hands <laughs> to those <laughs> questions. So I think it's more, uh, I don't think it's gender exclusive, you know. That's true. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. You are a, a big, fabulous, beautiful woman at heart, aren't you? <laughs> He's nodding yes. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really reminded of the Marianne Williamson quote that we like to bandy about here a lot on, on this show and just um, in the station in general about, you know, our greatest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are these beautiful, fabulous, wonderful creatures. And I think that the fear comes from, like, how the heck can I be a beautiful, fabulous, wonderful creature and, you know, bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan and... <laughs> You know, do all these things that I've got to do as a as a woman, as a mom, as a you know, especially as a twenty first century woman, where you know the sky is the limit, really, with what we can do and be, and um, and we can have it all, and sometimes we try to have it all, and and end up really um, frying ourselves. You know, we get like, really get drained in the in the process. Absolutely, and I think what I have learned, just sort of in my my personal experience and my personal path, is that. Each of us always knows best, knows what is best for us. Like I can, you know, if I make choices that really honor me, that are really true to my heart, true to just what I'm wanting, what I want my life to look like, what my goals are, um, then and then if, and if it just sort of feels right for me, if I, it has that kind of like happy feeling in my body, then I know I'm on the right track. But if I'm doing something because I think it's what, other people want me to do, whether that's my publisher, whether that's my parents, whether that's my significant other, whether that's my friends, whether it's society. If I'm making these choices because I, it's what I think I'm supposed to be doing and I get that, like, horrible, yucky feeling in my tummy and I, you know, just, it, then I sort of know I'm sort of off track because mm. um, I, you know, each of us individually, we always know what's best for us. And it, we don't have to justify, we don't have to explain, we don't have to make, you know, a speech about it, like, what we know. And 
And as long as we honor that, as long as we can just really be honest and be true to ourselves, one, we're going to be making choices that make us happy. And so, two, we're going to be happy. And then, three, if we're happy, like, no one's going to be telling us that we're doing something wrong. They're going to instead be asking us, what are you doing that's making you so happy? <laughs> yeah. So I've really learned, I mean, you know, I, and I trust me, I've had years and years and years of practice of doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. I got a law degree out of doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. And what I really learned was, you know, especially in this day and age, um, throw those supposed tos and those shoulds out the window and just enjoy your life. You know, make choices that add to your happiness, that add to your joy. Um, you know, and I, if you think about, you know, here in this country, you know, as women in this time and this place, you know, where you have such wonderful options and wonderful freedoms that, you know, even a few generations back, it you know, wasn't available. And in certain parts of the world today, still isn't available for women everywhere. And so if we can, as, you know, where we live, be sort of the four, forefront, forerunners of just women living how we want to live, respecting ourselves, loving ourselves, honoring ourselves, and honoring each other, we can help more women and make it easier for more women to make those kinds of choices and decisions in the future. Mm-hmm. Beautifully put. I'm really struck by what, you you didn't say it this way, but um, what I heard is the somatic check-ins that you do, right? You check in with your body. And a yes response or a, a response for doing something that, that you love has a certain feeling in your body that you so, you know, um, clearly described. And, and a no response or something that, that isn't in alignment for you has this sort of shutting down response in the body. And, and what I think is, is interesting about that is um, there is, well, there's a couple things. First of all, there's the physiological responses that actually happen when we say yes in our life and our hearts open, or our energy systems are, are in alignment with that yes. All these sort of um, physical things happen in our body. So our blood pressure goes down, our immune system is boosted, and I've talked about this before in, in other episodes. Um, and when we say no, we go into a contraction in our body, or when we feel no, or when we say yes to something that is actually not what we want to be doing, you know, so our body's saying no, but our mouth is saying yes because we feel like we should. Um, and the, the shutdown that goes into the body actually causes this stress response in the body, which depletes our immune system and raises our blood pressure, and all these physical things start happening so if you can imagine us constantly saying yes to things that are actually physically we feel no we feel icky is you know you that sinking feeling in our stomach or you know the headachey kind of feeling everybody has a little bit different ways that it shows up in their body but if we're constantly constantly saying yes to things that actually are no's in our body then we are we're really doing a lot to to drain ourselves to and and we're not in a place of wellness or well-being in our in our bodies so so we're going to cut to commercial. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that um, that somatic check-in in the body and also um, more about Shelley's beautiful books. Tune in to Life Without Limitation with Mark and Daya, where we explore stories of miracles, wellness, prosperity, and enlightenment through sound meditation and transformational thought processes. The show is based on the teachings of spiritual teacher Dattatreya Shiva Baba, the YouTube guru, who inspired best-selling author Dr. Wayne Dyer to write Manifest Your Destiny. 
The show is hosted by Mark and Daya, who experienced miraculous recovery from HIV and AIDS over seven years ago and survived a major heart procedure without anesthesia through meditations taught to him by Dr. Treya Shiva Baba. Experience a life without limitation here on Energy Talk Radio. Have fun with talented musicians, wonderful artists, fun and loving folks who explore the spirituality of silliness. Come laugh with us on Monkey Minds. <laughs> Energy Talk Radio. Fun and inspirational talk radio. Making a difference. Do you want to feel powerful and inspired by your life? Do you want to heal so that your past no longer dictates your future? Do you want to see and be seen as the magnificent being you truly are deep down inside or believe that you could be? This is Megan Wollever. My practice, Emerge Healing, helps you shift from feeling stuck to being struck by the magnificence of who you truly are. I am a teacher, a healer, and an evolutionary catalyst, and I offer programs, classes, and healings that activate the dormant potential inside of you. I've spent over 30 years studying and practicing healing in its various forms, and I have certification in over 20 different healing modalities, including hypnotherapy, energy healing, body work, coaching, intuitive guidance, and 22-strand DNA activations. Visit my website at EmergeHealing.com to learn more. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter, Radiant Living, and receive tips, tools, and inspiration for living a magnificent life. Energy Talk Radio, fun and inspirational radio that makes a difference. Hi, I'm Kim Hess, your divorce guru. Are you considering or been through a divorce? Need some motivation, sympathy, or humor? Tune in to Divorce Guru to listen, share, and learn how to make your life better after divorce than it was before through information, motivation, and humor. Go to the schedule page to see when you can listen to Divorce Guru on energytalkradio.com. You can also visit me at www.kimhess.com and check out my national divorce column on theexaminer.com, search word Kim Hess. Remember to listen to Divorce Guru, turning challenges into triumphs. Welcome back to Shine Your Light. This is your host, Megan Wollover, and today we're talking with Shelley Rachenow. Shelley and uh, I have been talking about um, her books, If Women Ran the World, Shit Would Get Done, and uh, What Would You Do If You Ran the World? And we were just talking a little bit about the what I call somatic check-in or the, the body's response when we have a, a yes um, to something that we is really um, in alignment with our power and our creativity and then what happens in the body when um, when maybe we're saying yes because that we feel like we should say yes but it's really a kind of a no because our body is really contracted and around it um, and I think that the what I wanted to just add at the tag onto the end to that um, is the maybes because oftentimes we don't get a clear yes and we don't get a clear no we get a like I don't know maybe and what um, Brooke Medicine Eagle has beautifully says in her in her book um, oh my goodness I'm forgetting the I'll remember the name in a second here but Brooke Medicine Eagle says that um, 
a yes as that ex- response where the body expands and you can feel like everything just like open to to flow into and you're really excited and not, your juices are sort of going and anything that isn't that is a no. <laughs> Basically, anything that you're not really certain about, you're you're not. You're sort of you know twisting and turning around. That that's actually a no. And that if you just made this radical decision to only follow your yes responses, that um, that your life would take on a on a really different um, tenor, a really different direction. Hi, Shelley. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that you know that's. Listening to you is a really good reminder for for me, and I think for everyone. And also, it's also just always good to just be patient with yourself. Mm. You're sort of learning, um, learning your body, learning just sort of how how things work, how you get information, how you process information. Like, and and you know, it's this wonderful journey that we're on. You know, can be just that. It can be this wonderful journey of experiences that we have that we can learn from that we can grow from and so I think it's just the bottom line you know we can be so hypercritical of ourselves mm. it's, it's so easy to to fall ourselves put ourselves down wish we'd made a different choice wish we made a better choice wish we'd made that choice sooner um and I just think you know at the end of the day just be gentle with yourself be patient with yourself um and just let every experience be a perfect experience for learning and growth um, and leading you to more and more of what you do want in yeah. life. What I, hear you, what I hear you saying is that women should really learn how to trust and value yes. their own opinions. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Say think, more about that. You know, I think Dr. Um, Terry Whitaker has this wonderful book called What Other People Think of Me is None of My Business. And I think that's just the perfect motto for each of us. Um, when you think about it, like when women really trust and value their opinion and everything else about themselves, then we, we have the final say about what's right for our lives. We're not constantly looking outside. We're not constantly asking other people, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Um, when, you know, I think we always know, I mean, somewhere deep down, what what is the right choice for us. We might not want to admit it to ourselves. We might not, you know, be ready to maybe make a decision or take action or make a change, but deep down there's part of us that sort of always knows um, what really is right and best for us. And as we can kind of grow um, our ability to really just trust that more, um, we really allow more of that joy Mm. into our lives, Mm. more of that yes, like you were just saying. Say the name of that book again, because that sounded really awesome. It's by Dr. Terry Cole Whitaker, and it's called What Other People Think of Me is None of My Business. (laughs) Dr. Terry Cole Whitaker. David is saying that's his favorite book. Ooh, I haven't read that book. I'm going to have to get a, a, a copy of that because that sounds really like a awesome. <laughs> that it reminds me a little bit of the um, you know the Four Agreements where uh, Don Miguel Ruiz says, "Don't take anything personally." Exactly. Yeah. That's that's been a that's a big that's a sort of a daily mantra for me. Don't take anything personally. <laughs> so true. Um. So I'm I'm curious. Um about uh one of the things that that um we talked about a little bit is um how women think that uh the world could be a better place and i'm i'm curious about how you would like the world to be better for for women well, in the that's, future that's a great question um 
I think at the end of the day, the bottom line is I want every woman, every woman, every place on the planet to be celebrated for how awesome she is and also to be free to live how she wants to live. Mm. You think about it. I mean, if we had that kind of world, no one would ever see a woman as less than mm. um, women everywhere. We'd be, we'd be revered. We'd be treasured. We'd be loved. We'd be respected. I'd like to think in that kind of world, there would be no such thing as rape. There would be no such thing as sexual assault. There would be no such thing as abuse or any sort of disrespect of person. Instead, there would just be a real value placed on each and every one of us for who we are mm. as a person, as a being, um, in no way less than, but just a beautiful, equal, wonderful, amazing person. Um, and that's what I would want for for men and women, for every living creature on the planet. So, so if you could ask every woman listening to this show right now, um, one thing, if you could ask them to do to do one thing to like jumpstart their lives and and begin to see that awesome, wonderful person that they are, what what would it be? You know, I would say it would just be to say yes to yourself mm-hmm. and to really feel good about it. Um, as women, we really are, as we talked about, we're so good at doing for other people. We're so good at, at putting other things before ourselves. But if we could get rid of any of that kind of guilt and just recognize that we're completely worthy and deserving of the life that we want, um, then we really uh, just sort of pave the way for more and greater joy mm. for ourselves. And, and it really, if, there was, if the world was full of happy, joyful people, um, it would be a whole different place to begin with. Mm. I'm reminded, as you said that, of the saying, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah, I think that was Henry Ford, and it's really true. And um, so one of the things that I'm, um, I'm, I'm reminded of is, is, you know, when I teach healthy boundaries with people, one of the things that I talk about is, is we really have to become masters of our, of our energy, of our vibration, or as you're talking about, your joy. And um, to do that, to be able to hold a really high vibrational resonance or really um, joyful energy in your body consistently, you have to fill your cup first. You can't give from a depleted cup. You get, can't give from a place of, of, of emptiness if you don't have anything to give. And so, you know, uh, I work with a lot of women that, that have busy lives and they have kids and they have careers. And, and one of the things that, you know, we work on doing is giving them some daily tools, daily practices that they can do to, to really fill their cup, to really take care of themselves so that they are overflowing. Yeah, so that they're not depleting themselves, but so that they're really overflowing. And I'm just wondering, um, for you, Shelley, what are the things that really nourish and fill fill your cup? For me personally, I live um, I live in Southern California, and I'm not far from the ocean. And so for me, taking a walk by the beach is always the big one Um, that just soothes my spirit. It, It just it really calms me and just kind of all those ions from the sea air. Yeah, it just, it really just, it, it just puts everything into perspective. Um, I also, I, I start the day, um, I start every day with some sort of quiet time for myself, even if I can only do 10 minutes. I just I have a cup of tea and I have a, like, I just sort of have a little ritual, but I just always sort of take that kind of time in the morning to check in, mm. just really, you know, ground myself for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and being outside for me, whether, even if I can't make it down to the beach, whether I can just do a quick walk around my block or just getting that kind of fresh air for, um, and just really sort of breathing and just 
taking time and um, that that helps me because I I'm one of those people that if I'm stressed or if I'm tense I don't really breathe and mm-hmm. I, I never knew that about myself until fairly recently I'm a real shallow breather I think that's why even at 37 my voice still sounds in some ways like I'm 12 years old I just am such a shallow breather and so I have to really pay attention to to taking time and really working with my breath and just really doing what I can to not let stress or the day just kind of completely get out of control. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I hear across the board that um, nature is one of the sort of key areas that people find um, really tonifies their system. There's There seems to be this seems to be this deal we've got with Mother Nature where, you know, once we allow ourselves to be sort of out in a nature, a nutritious setting, um, it, this detoxification kind of happens. It's like we can't help but expand and open up in the, in the awesomeness of the ocean or the forest or a park or whatever. And um, it just sort of it, it raises our vibration, yeah. And and um, when we when I teach healthy boundaries, that's one of the things that we teach is get out into nature. And whether it's you know just a five minute walk, you know, through a park, or, or um, whether it's you know going for a jog, or however you do it, um, spending time in nature will really um, help you to to fill up your cup to and to um, and to. Have, Feel like your your energy is is been nourished and replenished. So I want to segue into talking about your next book. Um, what would you do if you ran the world? So tell me more about how that came about. How did that book emerge? Well, like you mentioned earlier in the show, in my first book, "If Women Around the World Should We Get Done," I asked the question, "What would you do if you ran the world?" It's actually in the first book twice. And after the first book came out, I heard from so many women with these amazing ideas. And I just got more and more inspired as time went on. And I thought, you know, I want to compile these ideas so other people around the world will be inspired into action like all the women in the book have been. And as I started sort of really thinking about the book, there were two quotes that kind of also kind of inspired me and just really kind of grounded the the book. And one of them is by Helen Keller. And it says something like, I'm only one, but still I'm one. Mm. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything... I will not refuse to do something that I can do. Mm. And that's really what really hit me as I sort of started thinking about it, is that each of us has the power in our daily lives to do one thing to make a difference. And it, and it can be something sort of that we're already doing or tied into to our, our work or activities or things that are sort of already present in our lives. But if you think about the world and if you think about if every person in the world just did one thing to make the world a better place, we would already have a better world just by that conscious activity. And so that was what I wanted to to sort of show people and sort of have the message of this book be. If you think about it, I mean, it, it's so easy to get discouraged. It's so easy to put on the news and hear about all the things that are happening and think, oh, my gosh, what is it that, how could I possibly make a difference? Look at all these things that are happening. But the great news is, is we don't all have to fix everything, but we can each do one thing. Mm-hmm. And when we tie that one thing into something that we're passionate about, something that that's joyful for us, um, then we're in our joy, we're in our passion place, and we're making a difference. And what an amazing thing to think about a planet full of people doing something like that. 
You know, what really gets me excited about that concept is um, the fact that uh, not only are the actions um, changing the world, but the resonance. We've talked about this in other shows that when you're doing something that brings joy and passion into your life, your your resonance it, it it is magnified and it it, it reflects that and um, uh, David Hawkins in his work Power versus Force says one person that's embodying you know an, an energy of joy has the capacity to transmute and transform something like a hundred thousand people. So if somebody is you know as you're suggesting if you're just doing something simple every day that brings you joy even if it's simply um, taking care of yourself, going for that walk in the woods, spending time in nature, and that's bringing joy into your life, that even by the simple act of taking care of yourself, you are bringing more healing, more peace, more joy, uh, more of a positive energy to, to the planet. So we're going to cut to commercial break while people can just simmer with that idea for a while. What are the, what's the one thing that you could do every day that would bring more joy into your life? Tune in to The Power of the Possible with award-winning author and relationship expert Ariella McCarthy, cutting to the core of every issue and breaking apart many long-held beliefs that keep us from creating the life we claim we want but have been unable to create. Tune in each day at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Ariella explains, we are not here to save anyone. We are here to love, to heal ourselves, and to hold the light for others. And then the light will point the way. The studios of Energy Talk Radio are located in the heart of beautiful downtown San Francisco, a city where the residents enjoy the art of good living and striving for the balance of body, mind, and spirit. From the gold rush to the golden age, San Francisco is a city rich in diversity and a pioneering spirit towards progressive ideology. EnergyTalkRadio.com produces and broadcasts inspirational shows helping listeners on the road to personal growth to become a part of the global transformation towards a new golden age. Energy Talk Radio is at the forefront of innovation, engaging in a conscious business model of helping people in need, directly supporting charities which help eradicate hunger, educate children, and empower people ending the cycle of extreme poverty and suffering. We hope you will join us in our endeavor, shifting consciousness while making a difference with fun and inspirational talk shows. Do you want to feel powerful and inspired by your life? Do you want to heal so that your past no longer dictates your future? Do you want to see and be seen as the magnificent being you truly are deep down inside or believe that you could be? This is Megan Wollever. My practice, Emerge Healing, helps you shift from feeling stuck to being struck by the magnificence of who you truly are. I am a teacher, a healer, and an evolutionary catalyst, and I offer programs, classes, and healings that activate the dormant potential inside of you. I've spent over 30 years studying and practicing healing in its various forms, and I have certification in over 20 different healing modalities, including hypnotherapy, energy healing, body work, coaching, intuitive guidance, and 22-strand DNA activations. Visit my website at EmergeHealing.com to learn more. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter, Radiant Living, and receive tips, tools, and inspiration for living a magnificent life. 
Tune in to Life Without Limitation with Mark and Daya, where we explore stories of miracles, wellness, prosperity, and enlightenment through sound meditation and transformational thought processes. The show is based on the teachings of spiritual teacher Dattatreya Shiva Baba, the YouTube guru, who inspired best-selling author Dr. Wayne Dyer to write Manifest Your Destiny. The show is hosted by Mark and Daya, who experienced miraculous recovery from HIV and AIDS over seven years ago and survived a major heart procedure without anesthesia through meditations taught to him by Dattatreya Shiva Baba. Experience a life without limitation here on Energy Talk Radio. Tune in to Coffee Meditations, a fun and entertaining program defining what being healthy really means and how to do that in our modern world. The focus is on how to take your health seriously, but not too seriously. Join us, leave your fields a flower. Join us, come and waste an hour. <laughs> Join us, come and waste an hour or two. <laughs> Om Shanti 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 Can I have a double latte supreme? Om Shanti 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 Non-fat milk, please. <laughs> this little of mine I'm gonna let it shine Welcome back to Shine Your Light. We're talking with Shelley Rachanow, author of What Would You Do If You Ran the World? Your book, um, What Would You Do If You Ran the World, Shelley, has four chapters in it. What would you do for yourself? What would you do for your loved ones? What would you do for your community? And what would you do for the world? What are some of the highlights from the What Would You Do For Yourself chapter? You know, one of my favorite points from that chapter actually really ties into what we were just talking about, and that is before we can ever make the world a better place, we have to be willing to make our world the best world possible. Mm. And whether that means leaving a relationship or we're being undervalued or maybe even abused or having the courage to ask for a promotion or maybe even to try something new or learning to accept ourselves exactly as we are, um, like a lot of the women in the featured in the chapter, those were their sort of stories that, that they shared. Um, we have to be willing to give ourselves permission to live our best life. Doing so really is the only way and the best way that we can then go ahead and help others and help the world. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the ways that we give ourselves permission? You know, I think it really start, it, it ties back to to learning to listen to that yes in our body. Mm. Um, it really just comes down to, I think oftentimes we, we, we can make things complicated and, and overthink and overanalyze. I certainly know I, I, I can do that. For, I can overanalyze, like, what should I have for breakfast? You know, the cereal. The, <laughs> I mean, I can get into a whole, like, I could write a legal paper on it. I mean, it's really ridiculous the way my mind can just go, but... I think, you know, when we think about stuff, if we can just kind of simplify it and say, you know, is this choice going to make me happy? Is it really going to add to my life? Is it going to take me in the direction that I want to go? That's a really good starting point. Um, Is this going to add to the joy in my world? Mm -hmm. Um, Start with that question and give yourself permission to make choices that are reflective of that. 
not of the shoulds and not of the what everybody else is doing or telling you that you should do. Um, that's I, really the best place to start. Yeah, and I think, you know, what is kind of key with that also is you don't have to know how necessarily. Exactly. Like, I think sometimes we get stuck in, well, how is it going to be more joy? How is me going to take a walk in the woods? Because that's what it feels like my body really wants now and what's going to bring me joy. How is that going to make the world a better place? And I like to tell people, don't get stuck in the how. That's actually not up to you. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I think, you know, Jack Canfield, who is one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul guys, mm-hmm. um, always like gave he gave a great illustration once that really stuck with me and he said you know if you're driving across country you know and you're leaving Los Angeles and you're heading to the east coast you can't you know see Maryland from California but you know you might only be able to see like just that you know those feet in front of you where your headlights are shining but you don't have to see the whole way you don't have to see Maryland when you're leaving California you just have to be able to see that little bit in front of you and that little bit in front of you and just trust in the process of your car and the driving. And keep moving forward. And keep moving forward. (laughs) And, you know, you'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I love that story too, because I think that is really, it really illustrates um, what faith is actually about. Faith and trust. Yes. It's not about having it all figured out. It's about just following the, the, cues each step of the way and the cues, you know, that your body gives you and that you learn to develop, um, you know, whether it's working with your higher self or angels or whatever, those, all of those, those, all that input or your dreams, all that input will, will get you down the road the next mile or two. It's true. And, you know, when I made the choice to leave the legal profession, I knew that I wanted to live in California. I knew I wanted to write books that really inspired people. And when I I left and I moved to the East Coast in 2003, I didn't have an agent. I'd never, you know, written professionally, even though I've always had a passion for writing and had done it as a hobby. You know, I didn't know anything that was going to happen, but I just knew. I knew I couldn't stay practicing law, and I knew that I really wanted to write books, and I knew I'd never get from one place to the next if I didn't at least take that first step. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that sometimes, like, the start of, you know, something, you know, a fresh start could be the start of something amazing. And that really was what happened for me. And, and it didn't happen immediately. And it wasn't, you know, my, when I first got to California, it wasn't an all Disneyland experience. I mean, there were definitely some challenges, but you know, that, that day that my publisher phoned in 2005 and, and made the offer for the first book, I knew just, I knew that I had done the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I just, I'm so grateful that I gave myself permission to take that chance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to hear some more about um, some of your favorite stories from the book. So you've got a few different chapters here. What are what are some of your personal favorite stories or stories that really have inspired you? You know, there is a story about my mom in the book, and since she's just one of my heroines, I always have to talk about her story. And um, my mom, you know, was a pretty shy person for most of her life. And then when my younger brother, Gary, was born, he was born with a disability. And um, the doctors actually told my mom, um, this was back in 1977, and um, he was born and he needed life-saving surgery immediately. Mm. And the doctors told my, my parents that they should let my brother die. And they said, You'll, he'll ruin your lives, he'll ruin your daughter's lives, you can still have more children, you should let him die. And my mom got over that shy thing pretty quickly and, you know, really just, you know, started speaking up and speaking out right away. And she said, you know, this is my child and he's living and he's breathing and I'm going to do whatever I can to give him the best life possible. And that's really what she's done. You know, she's, 
she's spoken in front of the state legislature. She's taken courses so she could become an advocate for other parents of uh, parents with disabled children. And she just really made that choice to, you know, gain the courage to speak up and to speak out anyway. And, you know, it's funny. She often says that the things she does aren't special in any way. They're just, she's just doing what needs to get done. And I, I really think the real truth is, you know, for my mom and for every person who's ever done what's needed to be done to help a loved one in need, that they're extraordinary and they do extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. So the last chapter of your book, what would you do for the world um, if you ran it? That, that could probably be a book in and of itself. Um, but I'm, I'm curious about what, some, uh, some, what are some of the highlights of, of that chapter that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, there are so many. The women in this chapter are amazing. Um, a couple examples are a woman named Megan. She's um, helping build schools and helping aid orphans in Africa. Mm. Um, there's Pat, who's helped local communities in the Andes become self-sufficient. Um, there's Mary, who's in her early 20s, and she's tra- she traveled to Zimbabwe to help give kids there a voice for their own experiences. She took a theater troupe there, and they wrote a play that's now like been performed in the States. And um, I think the most amazing thing, when I interviewed each of these women for the book, especially the women in this chapter, and what they each really wanted to share through their individual experiences, um, really the same main point, which is that we are, are more alike than different. We can be willing to share a meal or a laugh rather than build a wall or fire a gun. And we can really choose to see every person on the planet as a person of significance. And we can also decide each day to act accordingly from that frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, knowing that to manifest something or to create it you have to have a vision for it what's what's your vision for your book what what would you hope that your book does for the world by women and men reading it you know i i would love the book to be read by millions of people around the world to inspire them to think there's one thing i can do right now to make a difference whether like we said it's to make a difference to to give myself a better life, which will then in turn put me in a better position to help others, whether it's to do something to help my local community, um, whether it's to do something to help a loved one, whether it's to do something, you know, on a global scale. Every person on the planet has the ability to do one thing, more than one, but certainly we can each do one thing to make a difference. And I, I just think if, you know, millions of people around the world read this book, were inspired by the stories and then thought, okay, if I was going to be a story in this book, what would be the one thing I would do? Mm. And then they actually took action to do it. Um, we, you know, had communities or um, whether it was Facebook or Twitter where people were just sharing the things that they were doing, which then further inspired other people. I was just going to ask you, do you have a website that people can, like, share what, they, what they've done based on their inspiration from the book? I do. Um, they can go to either of my websites. Um, for the first book, it's If Women Ran the World. Dot com mm-hmm. and the new book it's, it's the same as the new book title it's a what would you do if you ran the world.com and um, they can email me um, I post stuff on my blog I'm you know on Facebook and I'm also on Twitter and they can follow me on Twitter and I share quotes and ideas and things that are going on my Twitter ID is my my full name Shelly Rationale so S H E L L Y R A C H A N O W 
So I'm curious. We've talked a lot about women, and I'm just wondering what what's the male response? What have guys been saying? Are, are they reading the book? And and um, what's the conversation been like with men? You know, it's always funny. I mean, especially when men see the title of the first book. Um, for the most part, they really have this sort of same reaction. They'll see the title and they sort of pause, like they kind of have this like thought of like they want to say something, but then they just sort of think for a second and they go, you know, that's actually really true. You know, my wife, da 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 da, or you know, my 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 mom, blah 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 blah, or my sister, da 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 da, and they share the story about a woman in their life, and so it happens all the time, whether I'm at a bookstore or doing an event, and um, I think it's really funny. I mean, I think men, many men, really recognize. Um, how much women do, certainly the women in their lives. And so it, it leads to a really great conversation. And um, and for the new book, um, even though the stories really are geared, you know, um, you know, about women and sort of kind of celebrating that energy that women bring, um, when it comes to making the world better, the world definitely needs both men and women. Mm. And both genders can be inspired by the ideas because um, they're pretty general and generic in terms of the things that, that people are doing. Um, you know, I, in other interviews that I've done, I've, I've had some call-ins and I heard from a gentleman who has a karate studio and they decided that they wanted any of the kids in the neighborhood that wanted to take lessons but maybe couldn't afford the full price to be able to participate. And so they had, um, they have sort of like a SAVA volunteer program where every, anyone can participate in the lessons and they sort of give back to the studio in some way. And so... You know, the ideas for helping are, are everywhere, and, and we each and the world can need to benefit from everyone really doing what they can do. You know, we've talked here on the show before about um, how we all have a male and female energy inside of us. Yeah, we all have our masculine, feminine energy. And I kind of want to play with the title of the book and say, if the divine feminine ran the world, shit would get done. Because <laughs> if we just stepped out of the real, um, really heavy-duty um, masculine energy that all of us actually can embody, and, and many, I know many women that are really very much running a sort of masculine male energy, and um, and that has its purpose, but um, it maybe isn't necessarily um, the um, creative uh, collective or co-creative way that, that that things happen or things get um, things get done um, efficiently and and holistically. So I'm thinking if the if the divine feminine in each of us, male or female, ran the world. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then we'd have a then we'd have a, a place that um, that probably uh, would envision a lot of these uh, things that you're talking about in in, in both of these books. Yeah. So, um, what's one final thought that you might want to leave us with today? Yeah, I would say it's an Anne Frank quote, which is the other quote that inspired the new book. And she says, "How wonderful it is that nobody need wait a single moment before starting to improve the world." Mm. And I would say whatever idea you have to make the world a better place, go ahead and start today. Awesome. Thank you. We've been talking today with Shelley Rationale, author of If Women Ran the World, Shit Would Get Done, celebrating all the wonderful, amazing, stupendous, inspiring, butt-kicking things women do. And author of the new book, What Would You Do If You Ran the World? Everyday Ideas from Women Who Want to Make the World a Better Place. Thank you so much, Shelley, for being on the show today. Um, if people wanted to learn more about your books or um, get in contact with you, how might they go about doing that? 
Um, they can check out my websites. Both are, again, ifwomenroundtheworld.com or whatwouldyoudoifyouroundtheworld.com. Um, they can email me, Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y, at ifwomenroundtheworld.com. And then both books are available both online and in stores wherever books are sold. So get a book group together, read these books, strategize about what you can do if you are around the world. And there are questions for um, book clubs on both sites. So all info is there for book clubs that want to do the books. And I can Skype into any book club meeting if anyone ever wanted me to join them for a great chat about great ideas. That's fabulous. I was just going to say, and invite Shelley to come to your local bookstore and talk about her books. Thank you, Shelley, for being with us today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Shine Your Light. Thank Namaste. you so much for having me. You're welcome.